It's on. Oh my gosh, we're so rusty. <laughs> I thought it was before. Whoops. Well, you probably heard it. If you didn't, you know, go back and re-listen to the beginning because it's there. It's the Covert Show. We're on episode 23. It's been a while. This was uh, unofficially the first one of 2022. Nick told me before that we recorded one that never got posted, so that's an oopsie poopsie on my behalf. Joining me on the podcast is uh, Nick and uh, a lot of sports to catch up on, and uh, it's March 2nd. It's been a long time since the Covert Show has been uh, recording here. <laughs> it's It's been a hot minute, man. I mean... Let's see. The last time that I remember when we recorded that quote unquote unofficial episode, <laughs> it was like pre Super Bowl predictions. And we all know how that turned out, which was a very good Super Bowl, by the way. I am not upset about how that went. We've had a lot of big events in sports go on. So, I mean, there's there's just been a lot. And we both have had very, very busy schedules. And I'm probably going to feel that super busy schedule coming in about, I would say, two or three weeks here. So, I'll I'll feel the hurt, but I'll still be ready to go. So yeah, you talk about that Super Bowl, and uh, you know it was. I I as a Bears fan, you know I find it comical how awful Detroit is. You know all the time. I talk about it on this show all the time because it's funny. The uh, entire NFL does. But for Matthew Stafford, he's one of those few that you're like, hey, you know. If you were to happen to win one, I wouldn't be upset. Well, that's exactly what happened. He gets the job done and ends up winning one. Uh, the playoffs were fairly interesting, I thought, throughout. You Just looking at the uh, bracket here, what was the game? And, and I've got one that uh, we probably talked about it in that lost episode, to be quite honest with you. But what was the one game of the playoffs that really stood out to you? I'll jump in here first. 49ers beating Green Bay. Green Bay chokes yet again as a Bears fan, as a uh, not Packers fan. Absolutely love to see it. Uh, San Francisco picks up the win there. They go and lose to the Rams eventually. But taking out Green Bay before they can even sniff the NFC title game, what was the game of the playoffs, you know, other than the Super Bowl, obviously, that stood out to you as a, a big momentum for whatever team ended up winning it? I mean, to me, I'm going to kind of go with the entire Bengals just overall in that playoffs. I mean, they had they had a big playoff run to go through. I mean, you look at the Raiders, you look at the Titans, you look at the Chiefs. And to me, I think beating the Chiefs in overtime was the biggest thing because everybody had their kind of backs against the wall with Joe Burrow coming in for the Chiefs. They were hoping that he could get it done. It was a little bit of a struggle for him. Um in that second half, they jumped out pretty big in the first half, if I remember correctly. And I'm going to try to pull up the stats here just to make sure I get it right. But I mean, that was just a huge game for Cincinnati to kind of keep with Kansas city. And then going into that overtime, everybody's like, Oh no, it's going to be another Josh Allen, but the Bengals were able to get it done. The defense finally stepped up. The line gave Joe Burrow enough protection. And I think that was the game changer of just the playoffs to see that, teams are kind of starting to regroup teams that haven't been so big in the past are now getting to be against those powerhouses. And you see that new power five quarterbacks coming through. You got Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, you've got um, Patrick Mahomes, 
And then you can throw maybe Matthew Stafford in the mix as well. But, I mean, you've got those young groups of quarterbacks that are coming in, and I think that game between Cincinnati and KC really set that tone to see how next year is going to go. And I think Joe Burrow is going to come back with a full vengeance. And Cincinnati could be a force to be reckoned with after this draft. That Cincinnati-Kansas City game, you talk about it. But going in, one of the things that was interesting about it is those two obviously met in the regular season. But the way the game ended in the regular season, and I know I was in this group too, left a bit of a shadow of a doubt. You know, Kansas City Mm -hmm. gives them kicks at the cans, penalties. They're able to kind of just bleed off about 50 seconds in this game uh, in the regular season. But for Cincinnati to be able to step up, win this game in the title game, we'll get to Buffalo in a second of just mind-boggling collapse. (laughs) But Kansas City able to – or Cincinnati able to dispatch Kansas City. I mean, it's nice on the AFC side to see somebody that's not Kansas City and not the Patriots, uh, you know, making deep runs and getting to the Super Bowl all the time. So – uh, a big win for Cincinnati, no question about it. I mean, Raiders sneaking their way in. Tennessee didn't have it against them. But a, a team that uh, you, you feel for. I mean, at least mm-hmm. I feel for. I guess maybe, maybe I'm partial to them. I don't know. But the Buffalo Bills, I, I would like somebody to explain to me. I will get this is all old news, kind of rehashing it here. But oh, yeah. the defensive scheme for the last, I don't know, 45, maybe not even that long, however long it was, 15 seconds, 18 seconds, whatever it was. Just why, give do it that entire why do you go into prevent? Why do you go into prevent? Why do you go into prevent to let yourself get to overtime? I, Buffalo wins this game if they play defense like oh, they yeah. had the entire game to that point. You're, but instead, entire... you give up the middle of the field. You give up the sidelines. You give up uh, forty yards, whatever it was, to get into a position to win. As soon as that game goes to overtime, it's over. I mean, unless I... Buffalo gets the ball, the game's over. Kansas City's going to score agree. something. I mean, you cannot like the prevent. Yes, the prevent should have been if Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey touches the ball, then you are getting taken out of the game. I don't care how many players we have on the bench. I don't care if we have to call them all the way back from Buffalo. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey do not touch the damn football. But no, what happens? They throw it over the middle. They try to play prevent all the way back in the end zone. I mean, that should not happen. You know who your main targets are. If they beat you in one-on-one coverage or if they beat you in a zone, then yeah, that's that's 100% understandable. But you gave yourself that middle of the field to become exposed. And Josh Allen did everything that he could to try to push that Buffalo Bills offense down and try to get where they needed to be. So, I mean, yes, that prevent defense really showed that Buffalo still has some growing to do to understand where that playoff picture is and where they should actually decide how weapons needed to be kind of cut out from under that quarterback's feet. Whether it's uh, Patrick Mahomes, whether it's um, Matthew Stafford when they play the Rams, if they play the Rams ever in the next couple of seasons, I mean, like, still, you've got quarterbacks that have good weapons. Cut them out from under them when you can at the end of games. Like, you cannot let uh, Jamar Chase for the Bengals get the ball in the middle of the field or get the ball down the sideline because he will make a move. He will get through. So... The Bills, like you said, J.C., they shot themselves in the foot big time. 
they beat New England in the first round. I mean, they mangled New England in the first round, so everybody's happy with that. Uh, you know, we talk about the the exits that there was. Roethlisberger calls it a career. Tom Brady, after it got leaked, eventually calls it a career because, you know, I, I can't blame Brady for, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to be like, hey, you know what? I'm calling it a day. Not all these insiders that think they know everything about everything, which they did. But yeah, anyway, uh, Dallas- my girlfriend asked my girlfriend asked me about Tom Brady. She was like, so would he come back and sign like a one day contract with the Patriots just to retire? I said, if he signs a one day contract, he will be there for another season and a half. It's interesting. You bring that up because the way it's weird. He didn't seem as thankful towards the Patriots in his farewell speech as one might've thought he (laughs) maybe should have been. Uh, But yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. Tampa loses in the uh, conference uh, semifinals as well. Dallas loses in the first round. Arizona looks awful. I mean, I was disappointed by that one personally, but, well, what are you going to do? You know, Bears were nowhere to be seen, so why not? When when I've successfully trashed one team for missing the playoffs, why not pick the Cardinals and then drive them into the ground too, right? Yep, and then the Broncos choke it all away, but rumor has it they are in line for a quarterback on the mock draft, and that quarterback is good old Kenny Pickett out of Pitt, which I would not be (laughs) upset about. I'd be decently happy if we got good old Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. He's a pretty good quarterback. He can play offense really well. He can sling the ball around the field. He's not afraid to lower a shoulder, which Denver all thought that Drew Locke was, but you know what? It's fine, and I think Drew Locke needs a little bit more of a shot, but I mean... I was going to say, wow, you're already off that boat, eh? Oh, no, I mean, there's... I think the one thing in the NFL that teams need to realize is, yes, you have young quarterbacks that are trying to give themselves a shot. They may force balls down the field, a.k.a. let's go with Justin Fields, for example. Justin Fields understands where his game is. He knows that he's a good quarterback that can make plays happen and everything, but he's just not understanding how the NFL has played yet. Drew Locke's the same way. I mean, you take a look at Josh Allen. It took him a couple years to learn, and now look at where he's at. Well, that so, funny thing I mean, about Justin Fields is that comment after the uh, the preseason where he's like, wow, the game's so slow, and everybody's like, uh, well, that is what the preseason is, dude. Like, Oh, yeah. And then he gets into the real, you know, the regular season, and oh, wow, you know, mm-hmm. I think the game might have sped up for him a little bit there, but. Yeah. Well, Jordan Love experienced that when he had to take over for Aaron Rodgers, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, like they were trying to give Jordan Love as much love as possible. No pun intended there, but they as were trying much to give Jordan Love. love. Good yeah, job. they were trying to give him support, and, I mean, he just fell through the cracks. I mean, and there's there's a lot of room to develop there. Will he get Aaron Rodgers back for another year? That's undecided. But, I mean, still, if you can get kind of a mentor like that for at least two seasons – or what would he, he would have only had one season under Aaron Rodgers, but still you get a mentor like that and you start kind of building, going back, rewatching film. I mean, young quarterbacks now, that's the biggest thing that I think they need to really do is the guys that have been successful in those programs that they take over need to go watch film, need to learn how that quarterback reads the offense. And you can kind of divert to your own style 
But I think a lot of people are overlooking. It's like, oh, yeah, teams need new quarterbacks straight out of the draft. And it's like some teams need just help on, like, an offensive line (laughs) or just as weapons, a.k.a. offensive line for the Bengals, a.k.a. the entire team for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, you're going to ruin Trevor Lawrence. Like, he might not be the overall best quarterback. Oh, no. No. That'll solve all your problems, Nick. (laughs) You heard it here first. Nah. But, I mean, seriously, though, like, if you take a look at the quarterback situation, I think a lot of teams just need to start building more around t- around your quarterback instead of saying he couldn't do it in a season, franchise quarterback, nope, kick to the curb, like, let's trade him out, let's get another one in. Yeah, I can agree with that. As uh, Cincinnati uh, falls short in the Super Bowl, you look at the teams uh, making the playoffs, Pittsburgh loses their quarterback, Tampa Bay loses their quarterback, New England's an upstart. They get thumped, but uh, Dallas with Dak gets interesting. Arizona and the whole thing with Kyler Murray, we're not getting into the whole whole gamut of problems that mm-hmm. appear to be raising down in uh, Arizona. Again, not thrilled with it. Packers, maybe Rodgers is gone. Maybe it's more drama to, to, to whatever means he's going for now, but – uh, that's a look at the Super Bowl. We'll get into more uh, pro football coming up uh, in a future podcast. But now uh, kind of jumping ship here to some college basketball, mostly because I don't feel like talking about the baseball disaster yet. Ugh. Uh, coming up, I will say, I'll give a, give a nice teaser to this, but we're going to be doing a podcast uh whatchamacallit espn uh, bracket challenge there we go took me a minute to get there but uh we're gonna be doing one of those uh nick seems to think he'll be the champ i think he's not gonna be the champ so we'll see uh you know maybe post it to social media and see if we can get some other people entered to it as well um you know everybody's gonna make a burner bracket that's just you know what games oh yeah what game what teams really aren't gonna win if you know, you don't make a bracket where it's four sixteen teams. Are you really making a bracket? That's the real question. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, we're a couple uh, weekends, uh, a couple weeks away from that, as uh, that's seventeenth, eighteenth, somewhere in there. But looking at some scores, a lot of overtime games. You were talking about the Auburn win; they get it done against Mississippi State. Uh, blow a 12-point lead to go to overtime, then outscore Mississippi State 20-7. to But it's an interesting time of the year with the small conference, like Big South Tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other ones. But looking at the records of these games, Charleston Southern, this is, <laughs> this is one of those games. We'll get to the 85,000 overtime games and conference tournaments that seem to be happening as well. But Charleston Southern, 6-24, 1-15 in the Big South, and they win in the first round over UNC Asheville, 79-78. They were down six at the half. A weird one there. North Carolina A&T uh, wins in overtime. Hampton loses in overtime. Uh, the Georgetown Hoyas, you talked about them before we started recording, but they're pretty much non-existent again. 6-23, mm-hmm. 0-18 in the Big East, and still – Almost came back and beat Seton Hall in that one. Uh, We'll get to Iowa State and how they got thumped as well. But uh, you look through these games, and there's a lot of interesting ones record-wise. Campbell winning in double overtime. There's a triple overtime game on the slate somewhere there as uh, well. But 
What jumps off to you? I mean, we talked about it, how these are the teams that probably aren't, if they manage to get into the big dance, aren't making a deep run. But what are you seeing in some of these big south? Uh, we talked about uh, a bunch of different conferences there that are your non-Power 5 and not the conferences people are typically thinking about. Well, I mean, one team or two teams that actually played tonight that kind of stand out where they make the tournament, they might win the first round in the round of 64, get to the 32, um, but they squared off tonight. It was St. Louis and Rhode Island. Uh, St. Louis ended up winning 80 to 74 over Rhode Island. I mean, they're they're two teams that kind of make their way into the tournament. They slip in, they they sit there. They're kind of on the bubble once it comes to that. But once you win the conference, they're in there. Davidson's trying to look to get back. They won 73 to, oh gosh, I just lost it. 62 against George Mason. Yeah, George Mason, but they got a good record. They're 25 and four and they're first in the A-10. So, I mean, Davidson's trying to look there or look to getting back into the tournament. And they've always been a team that's kind of been sitting at at least the bottom or kind of getting that, I would say maybe 12 to 12 to six seed kind of within that number. I've seen them there. They haven't been, or they, the last time that they were really kind of that quote unquote upset team was with Steph Curry. But I mean, the Davidson Wildcats have been there a little bit trying to go through. The A 10 also has an interesting triple overtime game. Duquesne, six and 22, one and 15 loses in triple overtime. Yes, the triple overtime game. Uh, George oh, Washington, Lord. 12 and 16. Led by two at the break, Duquesne outscored him by two, obviously, in the second half. And then three overtimes is uh, to separate those. Looking at the box score of this game quick to let you kind of uh, get an idea of what those overtimes looked like. As we'll see if by internet well, it doesn't label it. But 39-34 across the uh, overtime periods. And that's kind of what seems to be the pattern in March. And I mean, once you get to the tournament, once oh, yeah. you get into these, you know, the tournaments that people follow, big 10, big 12, sec, PAC 12, whatever you want to say there, uh, insert conference tournament here, that that's what makes this time of the year fun. And we'll talk briefly about college baseball coming up, but I'm going to spoil it because it's one of those oh, no. games that you just, you didn't expect, but Division three, Loris beating Division one, Iowa in baseball. Exactly. I mean, it's the fun month of the year in March. And, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll start uh, digging into March Madness. But a lot of fun things going on and a lot of overtime games today as well. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's when it kind of comes to that. And we talked about it earlier a little bit. Auburn's been kind of struggling within this month. They had a big win over Mississippi State, like we kind of talked about. But they lost to Tennessee. And that was at Tennessee, but then they lost to Florida at Florida. Florida was unranked. They lost to Arkansas, who was unranked, and now Arkansas is ranked. So, I mean, you definitely see a lot of these top teams kind of as we get closer to March, and it's, I wouldn't say a coincidence. I would just say it's kind of that time in the month where teams are kind of like they realize if you're not going to be in that bubble or you're not going to make that conference tournament, it's like, all right, backs are against the wall. Let's push through. Arkansas, I definitely think, will be there. Florida's kind of maybe-ish. I mean, Florida's 17 and 10 in the conference, so they'll probably be in that tournament side. But I mean, if you look at one of the conferences, and I'm going to try to see if I can pull a game up here really fast, or at least the the ranking for it. Excuse me, I'm going to try to go to Tuesday's matchups. There we go. We got a we got a Big 12 conference. So, so I mean, if you look at the Big 12 right now, 
Baylor is 13 and four in the Big 12. Kansas is 12 and four. Texas Tech 12 and five. Texas 10 and seven. And then you start slipping off with the eight and eight TCU. And then uh, Iowa State seven and ten. Oklahoma State seven and ten. I mean, that's a conference that is kind of anybody's anybody's win right there. So I mean, the Big 12 kind of starting to show up in basketball just a little bit more than people expected. And that SEC round is just the same thing. So, and then when you kind of round out the rankings, you got Gonzaga there back at the top. Baylor's going to be sitting at that three spot. Arizona's representing the Pac-12. Uh, Duke with an original blue blood sitting at four. So, I mean, you've got some very good teams that are sitting in that top five to top ten ranks that are Big Ten and everything else. So it'll be interesting to see how kind of some of these big teams step up in these tournaments. Because I think Wisconsin won just won the regular season title mm-hmm. um, for the Big Ten as well, and they're twenty four and five. Yeah, they they did win it because they uh, Illinois is a game and a half behind, but Wisconsin won the other night, so they take it with a fifteen and four conference ranking overall. And so. you look back on February twenty sixth, you talk about March and pre March times. You had in the top 10, number one, Gonzaga losing, number two, Arizona losing, number three, Auburn losing, number four, Penn State losing, or Purdue rather losing, number five, Kansas, number six, Kentucky, and number nine, Texas Tech all losing on the same day. I mean, this was Mm -hmm. a heck of a weekend. And I mean, frankly, it makes it fun. And especially when, you know, you get to the tournament and, you know, Unfortunately, Colorado, you know, their biggest win, we were talking about this, was is going to be that game against Arizona because best case they'll be an NIT team. They're not going to make the big dance, unfortunately. But yeah, At least it, you got an NIT team. Uh, maybe, maybe. I wouldn't hold my breath on that either. But, you know, they, they're able to beat number two, and I think it's the first time in a bazillion years they've done that. But it, it's going to be – interesting going into the playoffs depending on who goes where of what your first round games look like and you know plus that Thursday and Friday is two of the greatest years of or greatest years greatest days of not paying attention at all to anything oh, happening and I remember it should just be a holiday why do, oh, why do we just should. make these two days a holiday because no one's paying attention to anything anyway especially oh, that Friday gosh. Especially oh. that Friday, that Thursday, you know, everybody, I don't think, pays much attention that day either. But especially on that Friday. When like, that forget first, it, dude. No one's paying that attention. first day of March hits after the, the play-in bubble games, that first day of March, no one is going to work. No one is doing anything. Well, like, they're I going to work, going, but they're not paying oh, well, attention at work. Yeah, they're going to work, but they're not actually <laughs> going to be there. Like, they're going to be sitting on their computers. They're like, I've got five games pulled up. I have my entire bracket laid out, and their boss is like, dude, I've got papers that are stacking up. It's like, I don't care. I yeah, got no March one, on the mind. Yeah, I was going to say, no one cares. That first round, uh, oh, my March 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th, the second round, Sweet 16, March 24th and 25th, the Elite Eight, the 26th and 27th. Final Four, April the 2nd with the title game, April of the 4th. So that's Where's the title game at that. this year? Uh, well, that's a great question. Let's see. Title game this year is New Orleans. Ooh. Uh, the first round. It's uh, First four is Dayton, Ohio. First and second round, uh, Buffalo, New York. Indianapolis, 
Fort Worth, Portland, Greenville, South Carolina, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, and San Diego. Uh, Sweet 16 Elite Eight is uh, San Antonio, San Francisco, Chicago, and Philadelphia. And then Final Four uh, is the New Orleans. So April uh, 2nd and the 4th. They're bouncing around the map, aren't they? Man, I haven't seen it that spread out in a while. I mean, if it ever comes back to Des Moines or Omaha, which I have no doubt Omaha is more likely... Definitely, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go at some point. Like that I, would be... I've, I've last time it was in, I think Omaha. I th- I talked about it and I thought about it a lot and didn't end up doing it, but got to make that jump at some point. I remember going to a game. I have been to a March Madness game in Omaha. I went to Purdue, Detroit. Actually, no, I went to Purdue, Detroit, and then I went to Kansas, Memphis. Wow. I went to two games in Omaha because my. Um, my neighbors back home, they didn't, uh, they weren't going to be able to use their tickets for back-to-back days, but they had one for the like the next day, and they knew they were going to do that, so they gave it to us. And so I bought, or we like brought a family friend with us, and so I went to two back-to-back days. That was the coolest. Th- besides like the CWS being in Omaha, mm. that was one of the coolest atmospheres. Because I still haven't been to like a swim trial in Omaha because that's where they host the Olympic swim trials. Oh yeah, but, sure. I mean being there for march madness holy cow because i still have a shirt i think it's back at my house and not at my apartment here in winterset but man that was such a fun environment i can imagine the electricity of that building was was high oh because uh that was when i think purdue i mean they've had a couple of big like six five plus centers come through and like post players come through but they had a big guy that was sitting there who was one of the better shooters and it was a couple it was i think five or six years ago i can't remember who it was but they had a big shooter and i kept telling my mom i was like hey that's that guy that i kept telling you to watch like i put purdue on my bracket for this reason and she goes yeah okay because my parents and i would always fill out a bracket and my mom would just be sitting there, and she would try to fill it out. And she actually did pretty good for that. But I, I kept sitting there, and i do the same thing that I do now. i pick a couple of players. i pick the analytics behind it, and i just go with it. So, Well, we're going to get to hear all about that analytics and how you're right and I'm wrong coming up uh, once, you know, the selection <laughs> show is made and the final uh, or last four, first four, first four, there we go. Oh, yeah, that first, first four bubble games, team. Those, those four those games are pretty rough typically but they're fun to predict though honestly like those are fun if you can get the, the, that and get a perfect bracket like kind of quote-unquote off the start then you're good i think the thing that strikes me as stupid about them is why 11 seeds have to play a first four game i mean we'll oh, probably yeah. talk about this that. closer too but why would you not just have it all uk you play every 16 seed two teams have to play in to get to the 16 seed. That would make sense to me, but Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, having like two teams and I'm sure it's to save ratings. It's my, my guess to why you would do that because when you have a bunch of, you know, non power five conferences or non teams that aren't typically recognizable, I'm sure the ratings aren't as good. Yeah. But still, so, yeah, we'll definitely There's... get into that more coming up in the uh, coming weeks. But something uh, something interesting, no doubt, there as we uh, get geared up for good old March Madness. Oh, love March. 
It's it's a time it's to one be of alive. the greatest sporting times of the year, and no one can no one can say otherwise. Oh, one hundred percent. Like if you don't like March as a sports fan, <laughs> then what are you doing? That is a great question. And speaking of what are we doing? That's a great segue that was completely not <laughs> planned, but I am going to oh, use no. it. We're jumping oh, no. into He's on one now. What are we doing? MLB <laughs> has canceled oh, the spring training. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, we had to talk about it at some point. And we we uh that they've canceled the first two series of the regular season and that's as of the time of this recording. I mean, I don't know when you think this season will start. I'm not holding any confidence. I mean, June, July, if we're if we're lucky, maybe. Um, I, I they're so far apart. They're so far. I mean, there's been reports, uh, bits and pieces of hey, this might be a I've got a chance to do something. But if we're looking at the just the sheer number of like how far apart they are. There's a lot of negotiating left to do for the MLB and MLB Players Association to even come close to even thinking about striking up a deal that both sides are going to agree on. Oh, it's to me. And we started talking about this at my work today. And like, granted, there's me and one of the other coworkers from New York that I got who just came down to the office this week or last week. He's a baseball fan, but we've been talking about it. I mean, from the majority of some of the information, they want to slightly increase the tax rate on the MLB. You have billion-dollar organizational owners that are sitting on companies. You have a want to try to increase the minimum salary from that 600, and I think it was 75 or 625 mark, up to 700, uh, 700K, and keep trying to go with that for 10000 a year, I believe it was. The MLB has the money and the funds to do that. They have the ability to be able to pay minor league players enough to be able to house themselves, pay for their own food, not have to try to work another job if needed. And yes, sometimes it might be, but you have enough to pay guys to be able to play and to want to play. And I think that's the biggest thing of why minor leaguers still try to get through that grind is because that payoff is so much better. Once you get into the league after your signing bonus is done and after everything gets through. But I mean, this is an absolute joke that you are trying to undercut players who are not on a league roster for 162 games a year. They're not your Mike Trouts. They're not your Harper's. They're not your DeGroms. They're they're guys that are trying to make a name for themselves. And you are going to undercut them so much that it basically castrates the shit out of them. And they're forcing to work tooth and nail against all odds. Like, I mean, that, to me, if you're not willing to help your players, then why should anybody want to play for you? And Mike Trout released a statement that said this is completely a joke. And that baseball players need to get behind this. The challenging part to me, and there's a lot of points here, billionaires, millionaires, they're arguing with each other. Everybody has fault. We, we were talking about bits and pieces of this, but it's amazing to me. The MLB is willing to, you know, kind of like what you said, you're just shooting yourself in the foot mm -hmm. when you're underpaying the future of your organization. 
as as the MLB, you know, your minor leaguers of, you know, from A, double A, triple A, all the way up. You, as an organization, can sustain a loss of realistically a season. Mm -hmm. But the people that work for you, this goes to concession stands, to, you know, the the minor leaguers, the and even MLB players. Unless you squander your money because you're reckless with it, you you can probably sust- you can probably survive a missed season, but you're gonna wreck everything below Major League Baseball, and, and, oh, and yeah. even in in uh, stadiums and that with the concessions, the gear shops, the the guys that you know wander around the stadium with the cotton candy and the 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 beer. Uh, carts or whatever the heck you want to say oh yeah that that's all ruined and yet you have an mlb commissioner who goes to the press conferences uh press conference and he's laughing and he's he's joking with these guys and you're like it, it amazes me that that's even you know i i don't even know the right word even you're able to do that and then the it's, MLB, it's, almost, it's cynical. It's so cynical. And then the MLB. I mean, I guess if I have to tend to side with one more than the other, I'd have to side with the players more. I, I think there's plenty of fault to go around, so I don't, we don't necessarily need to dive into that. But when you have, you know, the MLB that pushed the narrative the day before. Uh, all these games got canceled the night before of, oh, there's great strides being made. And then coincidentally, the next day, it's somehow the players have changed their tune. The players associations changed its tune. Doesn't that seem the slightest bit suspicious to anybody that's, you know, not really biased either way? Like, doesn't that seem just a little bit like you're trying to lead people to the conclusion that, you know, the players are screwing this whole deal up where maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Well, like, so I looked at it today as well, just to try to get the facts right. And get, and I knew we were going to talk about this, but just to make the facts right, the NFL on gross income from last, or like, I believe it was last year or per year, $12.2 billion. The MLB is $10.2 billion, billion with a B for both years. You're telling me that an organization that just barely makes under the NFL cannot afford to pay their players, and the NFL can afford to pay tackling dummies that sit on the bench as much money as they do. I mean, yes, the players might, like some players might be asking for way too much more than they're worth. But you get. But that's every pro sports arena ever. Whether you're talking basketball, hockey, football. It, that's just the way people are. People yeah. are going to try to maximize their value, whether it's warranted or not. Yeah. And you, you get the guys that are deserving of it. So like you look at Mike Trout, Mike Trout is one, a generational talent. And he, he has proven that time and time again, Freddie Freeman for the Braves. He has proven that time and time again. You think that he wants a big contract? Yes. Do you think that he's actually going to ask for it? No, because I know the type of player that he is. He's a good person who just cares about the game. He loves having fun. He struck out against a position player that was literally his best friend and his just, he's been there through the league and he smiled, laughed, didn't give a rat's ass. 
and then you just kind of take a look at some of these other guys that are just begging for multi-million dollar deals that have not been truly deserving of it. And I mean, they've, their stats have kind of fallen off. So it's it kind of in the MLB owner's minds to say, okay, who is our actual generational player? What can we pay? And yes, sometimes you're wrong. I get that. And then, yes, you go and completely rebrand the team. And I'm going to look at it here because I'm literally staring at it on the face of ESPN's schedule here. <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians. Their new Get logo used to saying on. that, my guy. Oh, my gosh. I hate saying it. Can we please go back <laughs> to the Indians? God. But you have the Cleveland <clears throat> Guardians that are sitting here on ESPN. You had a full rebrand where you had to completely stop production of stuff and put out more. How much did that cost you? I guarantee that you could have paid 90% of your minor league and concession staff for stadiums to produce half of that. Like, come on, your entire organization is on the line here. I, To be honest, if games don't start on April 7th and 8th like they're supposed to now and, like, continue going through and they cut through all the way like it's predicted to be quote to maybe middle of may early june if players don't walk out i will be shocked like this is complete bs well you're already seeing different players start looking at japanese professional baseball as one oh yeah uh, there's been some that have looked at the dominican republic uh they've got a pro league down there uh some guy i think tatis might have been one of them uh, that looked down there. I mean, you and, and the other thing, and this is probably we're probably going to get there eventually. But I think the thing that the MLB, you 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 would expect they know it already. But this isn't 1994 anymore. This uh -oh. is 2022, where your entertainment options are a dime a dozen. You've got whatever you want, whenever you want it. However you can get it, mm -hmm. you, you've you got – and we talked about D3 baseball earlier, but if you really want to, you can find free baseball entertainment. Oh, yeah. You can find minor league – yeah, I mean, I think the minor league baseball TV package is like 40 bucks, I think, well, which is about a third of what the uh, MLB package is for MLB TV. Well, the NCAA start, they've started upping their production for college baseball games by like tenfold this year, just because of one, maybe the major league lockouts, but two, it's like people have been starting to invest in the lower levels of baseball just because it is more interesting. And granted, yes, the postseason for MLB, absolutely nuts. Do not get me wrong. Anything between like mid-August all the way through, and I'll still watch games in June, July, May. I will watch MLB all throughout the year. Maybe not now because the MLB is a joke after <laughs> two days ago. But it's like – and like college baseball to me, it's fun because kids are just willing to play it. The stadiums go nuts. Once it comes to June and super, and, or super regionals and regionals, conference tournaments, the atmosphere is absolutely incredible. And it's the same way when it comes to postseason the MLB – but to me, these kids aren't playing without a paycheck, or these kids are playing without a paycheck. They're playing without a signed contract bonus until they get to the end of Super Regionals when that draft day happens. 
They are playing with their asses lit on fire, and they are trying to win a national title for their school. And to me, that means more than anything than just playing for a World Series that says, oh, yeah, I get a contract bonus here. And I'm going to take that down even further of they're playing for the love of the game. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. pro pro players aren't, but, you know, you go no. below D1, say D2, D3, NAIA, that's where you really see your your love of the game. And that's oh, why yeah. you're there. I mean, you'd like to think pro baseball is, but you get – situations like what's going on now of like, and I get it. And I was talking to a coworker of mine. It's mind blowing to me. I, with, with student debt and everything, I'm not a thousand there quite frankly. So when I hear, (laughs) when I hear, I feel that (laughs) when I hear the owners that make billions with a B and, and because we have to emphasize that and you have players that make anywhere from a mill to 50 mil the, age, the hundred yeah what whatever the a, a whatever year the a is. year yeah a year you know it just and and it gets to a point where like you said if the mlb goes past i think it'll be june july i mean yeah. there's uh, i think the most common landed on month is may but i think that's because everybody's optimistic Oh, if you wait till June or July, that ship's already sailed. Yeah. And then you follow that up with, okay, so you waited till June, July. What's keeping you from just cutting the all these games to begin with going into the following year? Of like, So 162 games, one of the gripes, obviously, for people that don't care for baseball as much as you and I is there's a bazillion games a year. Do you really need all the – and when you start looking at the negotiating things, 14-team playoff, it almost makes sense to cut the first, you know, whatever, month or so of baseball because your playoffs are going to be three months long now with 14 teams. It's a slight exaggeration, obviously. It won't be that long, but it's going to be (sighs) – I'm against 14 teams. I think, you know, everybody listening now is like, that's obvious. But it waters it down to like the NBA. One of the reasons I don't like the NBA is half the conference makes the playoffs. Well, and they last until the the middle of July. And then what happens then? It's like June, July. Oh, I've got two months to recover. I've got two months to sit out back in August. Here we go. We got G League again. Why? Why? And you, you know, have no, you have no reason as the NBA to say I'm going to start in the middle of August or I'm going to start in the middle of September and that I'm going to run all the way to August. You do not need that many games. Baseball literally runs from the end of its, or from the beginning of when we can play, and they'll do spring training down in Arizona. That's fine. They don't televise the games. They do their preseason, whatever. They start in April when the weather is "quote unquote" nice, because in some cities it's well, still some snows. Of it's throwback for uh, preseasons yeah. March too. Yeah, and then you still throw it down to um, middle of November, but you have a six month or you have what would that be like a four or five month off season? Yeah, it's not horribly long. I mean, that's but the NBA has a two month off season. Why? And, and you know the. 
and I get the great vantage point of being a Toronto Blue Jays fan of up until recently, you know, the drought from 1995 <laughs> or whatever. They won the series, the uh, lockout strike, whatever you want to say, happened there. And then they hadn't won one since 15. So since 2015, but before that, they didn't make the playoffs. It means so much more mm-hmm. to make the playoffs in the AL East, the toughest division in baseball. To, I'm going to sneeze here in a second, maybe. I'm, so you're going to be pre- prepared for that. Uh, <laughs> AL East is the best division in baseball. Yeah. Um, you You look at the playoffs, how it is now. With you know the teams that get in that are, are not fourteen or twelve, I mean, to me it waters down the playoffs. Yeah. It just and hey, I like the playoffs as much as the next guy, but it's like when the NFL had their uh, season of twenty twenty where they had like uh, eight teams, nine teams, whatever it was, no. and Chicago got in that eight seed. And you're like, okay, you made the playoffs, but it's because it's expanded, and then you're going to get thumped in the first round anyway. Like, I don't yeah. want to get to the point in the MLB where, like in the NBA, where teams with losing records get in the playoffs. Like, it, it happens it, in pro football, but if you're a division winner and your division's just so god-awful that you're a below 500 team, whatever. You know, like, okay, yeah. you won your division, congrats on being the least awful of the teams. But when you have 13, 14 teams making the playoffs, it's it's just not good for the sport. And, I mean, well, right. I realize we're in an era where everybody has to, you know, feel good about themselves and participation trophies are a thing more than ever. But oh my God. playoffs should mean something. I am so – oh, I was literally just about to say that. I understand there are some years, yes, where a 14-team playoff would make sense because you've got teams in the league that are literally sitting there at like 100 games apiece on winnings, or at least 100. You've got 290 teams that are just sniffing that oh, bubble line. Toronto last year where you win oh, 93 yeah. games and still miss the playoffs. Yeah, and you've got those teams. But you want to put in a participation team? You want to give a team a trophy for just saying, oh, yeah, we won this many games. We were maybe 500 or we were two games above 500. Oh, go. Just just walk, please. <laughs> your your team did not make the playoffs. Keep uh, The COVID year playoffs to me were, were pretty good just because it was, it was a new out year. Out of necessity, yes. Yes, it was out of necessity. But it worked. It worked really well. But honestly – keep the original playoff lines you do not need to expand it we do not need 14 teams we need the teams that are meant to be there and yes it might suck as a fan boo for you i i've been a cubs fan rc has been a blue jays fan we understand (laughs) the woes of baseball i've also been a kansas city royals fan i've known the woes of Anyway. I know. I'm sorry. That's any, my any, American League team. Anyway. I'm from Nebraska. That's the closest thing besides Boo. Chicago that you we can't explain got. your way out of getting booed. Sorry, pal. I know, but <laughs> hey. So, but no, there are woes that go with every team. You're not going to get a participation trophy. You know why? You're getting paid millions of dollars to do stuff. If you're not happy, go to a winning team. If you can't make it there, then I'm sorry. It sucks. It happens. You pick that career. And, yes, you should be getting paid more to try to want to work to that. 
level because if you don't want to work to that level because you don't want to get paid and you're playing your ass off in the minor leagues, yes, I understand if you want to walk. If you're sucking in the minor leagues, I understand that. I was a D3 baseball player. I had a bad year this year. It it sucks. It eats you up. Baseball is one of those sports. I've had good years and I've had bad. It's what what do you want to pick? So, but yes, if you want to expand to a 14-team playoff and give a team a participation trophy, you're soft. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, no. I, I will I will stand with the MLB on that. No 14-team playoff. But can we at least pay some guys to want to make the playoffs in those situations in the minor leagues? That's all I want. I want guys to have a little bit of incentive to make the league. Yes. You might have the money eyes behind you sitting there and saying, like, I can make a couple million dollars playing baseball. I could make a couple million dollars winning a championship, but it's it's like holy shit! I experienced one this once in a lifetime feeling of getting it surrounded by my brothers winning a championship. I won a conference championship with my uh, teammates, and I thought I was at the top of the world. I didn't care where we went from there. Like there, there's a feeling. I want players to understand the feeling, not the dollar amount. And that dollar amount does help uh, down it the stretch, does, but, but I get what you're time. saying of, you know, you know, I followed the, the team, uh, the basketball team that you, uh, from the school you graduated from, Buena Vista University this past Saturday, they went to the University of Dubuque and lost, but you, even from a broadcaster's perspective, I haven't played basketball since I was in seventh grade, really bad at it, probably would <laughs> You know, if I was to ever hit the court in the as I am now, probably wouldn't look too great at it. But you, you once you follow a team and once you've broadcasted for a team, seeing them rise to the conference championship to the to get there to begin with is to the point you were making of is something in itself of hey, you know, that's an actual achievement that you just accomplished. That is, uh, it's tough with 14 teams making it, but we'll, uh, well I got see. A, I got a great story there. So the, I played with this kid when he was a freshman at BV at Buena Vista, his, I believe it was sophomore or junior. He quit because he knew that he wasn't going to make the varsity squad. And he found his passion for doing, uh, BV TV news, which was our, news station on campus and everything like that. And he's working at a Las Vegas news station right now. Or uh, He's in Spokane, Washington, actually. Guy Tannenbaum is his name. But he told me, he goes, dude, I have never been happier to, yes, it sucked quitting baseball, but at the same time, I got to broadcast the conference championship for the team that I started with. And I might not have played for it, but I broadcasted that moment of you guys winning the championship I had never felt happier. And I got to hug every single one of you guys after the game when I got out of the broadcast booth. I mean, that's the moment right there. So, it, like, it's exactly what you just said with BV going to Dubuque and losing. I mean, you, it's, it's I the promise same you this. I promise you this. You feel just as bad losing it as you do winning it. But oh, yeah. you also, I think... And, and as teams, I'm sure you do it too. But just to get to that game is an accomplishment by itself. You're not just – I mean, sure, there's times where forfeits and this, that, and the other thing could happen. But typically, 
if you're getting to like in a high school uh, for girls basketball, a region final for boys basketball, a sub state final, a conference championship, you know, the games where you're on the brink of making the national tournament or a state tournament, you have to earn your spot to get there. And that's kind of, you know, the MLB, you, you have to earn your spot in the top seven on each conference, obviously, but oh, yeah. it's still a little watered down from where it's at. Uh, we'll obviously be keeping tabs on the maybe not impending disaster. I want to try to stay optimistic on it, but I... That's as little optimism as we got. I still think that it's a long road coming for everybody to get back on the same... I mean, you have a commissioner that's laughing about it, that this is not happening. So, I mean, sometimes the best thing is to laugh about something, but didn't feel that way necessarily with that. Uh, did want to throw in Toronto's two series that got canceled. They were at Baltimore for three, which sucks because Baltimore is garbage. They won't be good this year either. And then they got uh, three against Tampa that are canceled, which also suck. I know a Blue Jays fan that wants to play a really good team might be a surprise. But, hey, if this team's going to contend for an AL East title, which, you know, coming into the year and knock on wood, they have an actual, you know, uh, somewhat of a season – they should be contending for an AL East title again. Uh, those are the two series dropped for Toronto. If we look to the next week, again, those six games for sure won't be made up. Uh, but following that, they're at home for, against the Rangers for three. Then they go to New York for four. If there's another you know, gap of games here that's canceled, Toronto's going to drop 10, con- or 10 division games they play 10 of their first 13 games are in the division. That's a lot of conference game or a lot of division games to lose right off the gate, but we'll see what happens. Maybe things will start uh, April 7th and 8th, but the Cubs are the same way. The Cubs open up against a four game series against the Brewers, two against the Pirates, and then they have uh, the Chicago or not Chicago. Good Lord. I can't read. Colorado Rockies with a four game series as well going into April 18th. And then they have their first non divisional opponent against the Rays. Oh my Lord, the Cubs might, and I don't know how good this year will be. The one thing that I'm excited about to see is Nick Madrigal. He actually gets his first series and especially after that knee injury or hip injury, it was, he'll be playing some second base. Patrick wisdoms will be back as well. So the Cubs will have some, some good games, but man, they've got a very, very tough schedule opening up because after the Tampa Bay Rays, they play the Pirates once again. That'll be at Wrigley. And then they've got the Braves and the Brewers again. Then they get to the White Sox on May 3rd and 4th. So, but I'm, I'm going to take a look here. So one thing that I'm, I'm on the ESPN site and I'm just kind of looking right now. So April 27th, the highest ticket price after opening or after like that first weekend pass opening day is 16 bucks. I was going to throw in the fact that it's just this now dawning on me, but the Cubs and Blue Jays play August 29th, 30th and 31st in Toronto. So, Hey, you know, if there's a, if the league does end up fixing itself, Toronto and the Cubs do play this year. Uh, so you can watch your Cubs get embarrassed. So that'll be fun for you. Oh boy. Wouldn't that be fun? Cause we're both, 
decently close. Oh, we can't go to Canada. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, it's it's not the most advisable thing in a pandemic, but eh, eh, eh. no, I mean, hey, if somebody wants to sponsor us and pay for that trip, <laughs> like be our guest, we'll we'll go to Canada, we'll watch a game. Uh, I'd be down. I mean, yeah, can't, or in I was, August I'll be elk hunting. But I'll be completely right. honest with you. I was hoping that was at Wrigley for the same reason of like oh, you know, know. <laughs> pandemic and you know like traveling across into Canada is probably not the most advisable thing because I was looking at uh, going to I think they play the Reds in Toronto and I think my dad and I briefly looked at going to that, but. You know, with everything being canceled, it's probably oh, for the yeah. best that, you know, that wasn't planned. But anyway, we could talk about the Cubs series and how the Cubs are going to get smoked. Or, you know, we might be looking back on this segment and going, well, there's no season to talk about. So, uh, Oh, my gosh. If that happens, I will literally boycott the MLB. <laughs> if, there, if there is no season right now, I will be so upset. I mean, I'm and not going to be granted- happy about it, but I'm also not going to be surprised. Well, that's what I got college baseball for, and that's what I got. I've got a lot of games for that one that I can watch this year because ESPN decided they wanted to increase the deal with that. So I'm excited. If base if MLB doesn't work, I'm college baseball through and through on that side. To be quite frank, I might actually see about watching minor league baseball because they're they're going to roll really oh, yeah. no matter what here. So well, dude, I mean, you got a minor league game or you got a minor league stadium. Two and a half hours in each direction. You've got the Storm Chasers at Warner Park in Omaha, Kansas City Royals affiliate, and you got the uh, Iowa Cubs over here in Des Moines. That's I've broad- close to me. I've broadcast so. a uh, game out of the um, Principal Park, fun fact, back in my oh. humble Wildcat days. Really nice facility down there. I mean, hey, you oh, want to look nice. even closer to where I'm at, Sioux City Exits. I mean, for what that uh, their baseball team is. That's a really nice facility down there too. So, oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's options, and that goes back to what we were talking about of the MLB. Is this isn't '94? Yeah, you know, a lot's changed in the last 30 years. Of hey, you know, there may be more consideration of like maybe hurry this thing up because you know there's a bazillion options of other things that you can do. But on a much higher note. <laughs> gonna make a, a quick jump here and uh, i've got to ask you and, and you might know the answer to this and, right. i mean whether or not you've seen it but alcoholic mountain dew has gone on sale in select states it includes the great state of iowa i haven't found it have you had any like better Google. have you had any better luck of finding it because i haven't um you know uh, in my time of perusing around and trying to find it, I have yet to find it. Um, so it'll be uh, interesting to see what they are. But again, you know, they're bringing in a Baja flavor. Black <coughs> cherry is one. They've, they've got, okay, so I'm looking at it right now. So they've got the Mountain Dew, just zero sugar. They've got watermelon. They've got black cherry. Oh, yeah. Black they, cherry. They do have that. If that's any good, is got to be the greatest. I, I'm a huge uh, Code Red drinker. I love Mountain mm-hmm. Dew Code Red. So if that uh, Baja or uh, the cherry is any good, that's where it's at. 
So I liked Kickstart in high school, and that Black Cherry <sighs> Kickstart, I was one hundred percent a fan of. And if I can, I uh, the next podcast episode, we'll have to see because if we find this, I might have to open up a can of it on that podcast. I haven't found it. I've looked a little bit here and there, and I've had some people I know that have looked, and I don't know. I haven't. But living in middle of nowhere, northwest Iowa, doesn't help my cause. I mean, where you're at is more likely to have it than where I'm at. So so apparently, I'm looking at a website right now. So Hard Mountain Dew details 5% alcohol Mountain Dew has been released. Well, so but where at? Okay, so Hard Mountain Dew is currently available in the good states of Florida. I don't know why Naturally. I said good state. For, yeah, Naturally. I don't know why I said good state for that one. <laughs> But then you got the good old Tennessee, and then you got the what good What was old that Iowa. accent when you said Tennessee? I don't freaking know. <laughs> good old Tennessee, I tell Tennessee. you, hut. You're the only ten I see. But anyways, <laughs> but no, you got Florida, Tennessee, and Iowa. Those are your states so far that Mountain Dew Hard can be released in. And they, like we said, we got the Baja flavor that's coming out. They've got Mountain Dew just normal mm. hard. They've got Mountain Dew Black Cherry, and then they have Mountain Dew Watermelon. If you're looking for logos on the cans, the normal Mountain Dew um, alcoholic beverage has an eagle on it. It's green and white per usual. The Black Cherry has a bear. It's red and white. And then you've got a snake on the watermelon, which actually looks kind of badass. Not going to lie. It's the, purple, uh, green, and white. The shark on the Baja Blast is the, the one The shark that's... does look fire. So not the one. Lie. <laughs> So I've heard this rumor, and I'm sure you have too, and I'm personally on board with this idea. Taco Bell has been rumored to, if the Baja Blast, you know, takes off a little bit, is try. And this is a rumor. Oh. I, I don't, I don't want to say anything definitively, but I've heard rumored various places that they might try to get a liquor license to sell that Mountain Dew Baja Blast of, you know, the, the boozy uh, Mountain Dew uh, Baja Blast. Hey, man, I'm here for it. I mean, they've already cornered the stoner market with their food. And, uh, you know, that's I, I like uh, Taco Bell 100% through and through. They if were... I go somewhere and there's a Taco Bell, I'm on board. I'm definitely having it. You know, my body's prepared oh, yeah. to take in Taco Bell. I'm not like some people where you take a half a bite of a taco and you're, you know, you're running to the bathroom all night. <laughs> no, I my body is prepared <laughs> It's ready. It's not going to have any problem with it. But I'm saying if they bring Mountain Dew, uh, Hard oh, Baja yeah. Blast, that's taken that place to the next level. So I would say the only kind of like subside I would see with that was you would have to sell for a liquor license. You would probably only be able to sell in store. So, I mean, you would have to take your Baja Blast in store. <laughs> you can't friggin' leave. Well, it's not going to be like COVID where you can sell a top top on drink and just walk out the damn store i mean taco bell has to go through a lot of hoops to try to get this liquor license but i mean i'm 100 percent with you if they get a baja blast alcoholic in a normal taco <laughs> bell i'm gonna be seeing those a lot more i think the thing there's especially if they put it in a slushy hole oh man i'm gonna be just freaking <laughs> it's gonna be party gonna... city all the time well, I'm like, I'm looking at it right now. So, okay, the twisted tea that I had here, and we're gonna, we're gonna admit we had a twisted tea with this. But so it's five percent alcohol. A normal like Bush Light, Bud Light, Coors Light, 
that's like a 4-2 to a 4-3. These uh, Mountain Dew hard, like, seltzer drinks or whatever these boozy drinks are, they're 5%, so they're the same as a Twisted Tea. So they can, they might do some damage, especially <laughs> if you don't taste it. Holy cow, they might knock you off your rocker real freaking quick. So, but like I said, it's rumored. Obviously, nothing's been out there. I mean, there's a lot of factors going into that. I mean, I don't know that I I don't know the rules, but I know with COVID, they passed all these rules of you can get alcohol to go now. So maybe that's not necessarily as big of a problem as for the state of Iowa, at least, as you might think it'd be. But then you get into... You have to have a, a a person north of twenty one in there at all times selling this. Oh yeah, which the is something people something people forget. I mean, you can have minors in there, but you have to be able to have somebody in the building constantly that's north of twenty one to be able to sell it. So there's a lot of variables yeah. there. I haven't even seen these things. For all I know, they're just they're just fig, figments of my imagination. You know, Dude, I have I'm yet gonna... to see it. I think that uh, I, I know for a fact people have seen it, but I just haven't. I'm going to start taking a look around Winterset and Des Moines here. <laughs> I'm if telling I you, it's them... much more likely that you're going to find it down there. Dude, if I find them, I'm going to buy one of each flavor. I'm going to try to buy as <laughs> I'm going to try buy one of each and just see what it is. And the next podcast we have, I'm going to open one and we're going to do it. And I'm going to be jealous the whole time. <laughs> Good old Storm Lake, I've been there. You got nothing open past 10 o'clock. I you have got... said it for a long time that <laughs> since my time of coming here, it blows my mind a college town that doesn't have anything open past 1030. You got good old Midtown Chicken, though. Well, I mean, yeah, and you've got La Juanita. So you have a couple of oh. things, but oh, compared yeah. to other college towns, there's not much there. But anyway, before we go down that rabbit hole of uh, – <laughs> that just wanted to bring it up, you know. If anybody's out there that's, that's listening, that uh, you know, hard mode coming on for us. Oh yeah, you got to bring up the code. You brought oh, it up. It's your time it to shine, buddy. There tell it. Go. Tell us all about it. All right. So if you use the the good old code covert twenty twenty, you get fifteen percent off a of raise energy. Don't think I forgot it because <laughs> I remembered it. I've been reminding these boys, and JC's been doing a good job. But like I said, use covert twenty twenty, and or is it covert twenty twenty or covert twenty? It's 20? covert twenty, but same difference. <laughs> covert twenty. Sorry, covert twenty, and you get fifteen percent off. Raise uh... energy, the good old sponsor for us. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's been a long time since we did that. That was kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, unofficially, it's just become a running joke now. So I, oh, yeah. I like sometimes it's fun when we're recording these to just see. So at 106, an hour and six minutes, he remembered it. And just see how long. I mean, when RC's here, RC catches it within like normally the first like 30 minutes. Well, it's like I, I think I, I dropped a hint at some point in the podcast because I like. Oh, well, I completely to... whiffed on it if you did. Oh, so. Yeah. Well, like, I wasn't trying to say, like, sponsor thing, but I was trying to, like, actually, I think I might have said something about sponsor, but I was trying to, like, drop a hint on there, and we never did it, and I was like, all right, we're passing it, so, like, let's move on, and then all of a sudden, you started saying that, and I was like, wait, we haven't said it in a while. We might as well. Well, we haven't said it in 2022 until right there, so. There you go. Congratulations on the big win. You're the first one to say it. Uh, We're jumping. Covert 20. 15% off Raise Energy. So we're we're jumping ship to Pokemon 
It's a new one. What? I, no. I know. We were, we're really going all over the place here. Uh, <laughs> this is as of the 27th of February. Pokemon's announcing a new video game. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, which means we get three new starters. I'm going to butcher the heck out of these names, by the way. Oh uh, so Hold on. Wait, Pokemon what? Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. This is announced as of the 27th of February. All right. Uh, so it's got three new starters. Uh, there's one that looks really dumb. I I personally don't like it. There's one that looks like a duck that's got Donald Trump hair on it. And there's, I, I would have to think it's a cat. So we'll go through it. The cat one's my favorite of the three. Uh, is it green? It is green. It is a grass type. So we'll go through the least favorite one is Fuecoco. Again, probably mispronouncing it. If I did, you know, that's on me. But uh, it's a fire croc Pokemon. One foot, four inches, weighs 21 pounds. It's a fire type. Uh, its ability is blaze. It's what they say is a laid back fire croc Pokemon that does things at its own pace. Um, it, it, it looks it's so dumb. dumb. I, I think it looks it, dumb. Oh my gosh. It's like if, <laughs> it's like if Chimchar got fat. <laughs> It, I'm I'm serious. Like if you if you're yeah. a Pokemon fan and you think of Chimchar as like the monkey, get it fatter and put it <laughs> as like a crocodile. That's literally what it is. Like Charmander had shrunk and just <laughs> started eating Doritos. So the secondary one, the other one I don't really like of the three, but it does provide some comedy with its Donald Trump hair is Quaxley. Oh the duckling gosh. Pokemon, one foot, eight inches tall, 13.4 pounds. It's the water type. Uh, Torrent is the ability. The earnest and tidy duckling Pokemon, which in parentheses should say with a sweet flow like Donald Trump, because that's exactly what it looks oh, like. It, I'm Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It kind of does look like that Donald it Trump hair. Looks but I mean, exactly like the so okay before we get to the cat one which one's your favorite three which one's your favorite of the three just by looking at it okay so honestly like i'm looking at quaxley right now quack so do you remember um it was like pelican or pelican it was that uh second evolutionary form of like seagull or whatever oh I think it was yeah, like gen yeah, three yeah. or gen four yeah that's kind of what uh quaxley looks like <laughs> quaxley. as just a starter and yes, the name is hilarious, but I want to, do they have like the evolutionary? Oh, they probably would not since they're coming out soon. I'm going to say no. They do list some Pokemon day have. 2022 in-game events. Uh, there's a whole page from yeah. Nintendo, but before we wrap it up, uh, before we go to that, I mean, I'll scroll through the, the page, type, though. Uh, you know, the grass type Pokemon, which I've always thought makes the least sense of the three. When you look at it type-wise of water, grass, and fire, you know, water probably makes the most sense. Yeah. And fire, you know, I've always thought fire makes the second most sense because typically when you get to a certain point in the game, your fire type... <coughs> Excuse me. I just died a little bit there. Uh, your fire type is a pretty strong Pokemon for those that have played the game and those, you know, card game as well. But 
Anyway, the final Pokemon is the attention-seeking grass cat Pokemon with the name of... I'm going to say it wrong, but... Spirigato. Spirigatito? Spriga... Sprigatito. Yeah, we'll go with Sprigatito, the grass uh, cat Pokemon. One foot four, nine pounds, the lightest of the three by far. Grass type with the ability of overgrow. So there you go. They've got new starters for the new games. Um, Honestly, looking through. Take. Oh, boy. Here we One go. of my favorite grass types of all time, just as like a starter, Trico. Because it evolved into Sceptile, and Sceptile was so freaking cool. Because I remembered I had Pokemon Emerald, and I had started with uh, Trico and evolved it all the way up to Sceptile. I had got Sceptile to level 100. Oh, Sceptile was so good. I mean, you you had Leaf Blade, you had Life Cannon, or uh, Light Cannon. There was a couple of other ones that I had with it, but Sceptile was so good. And Honestly, one of my favorite grass types ever. So looking at some of the starters throughout time, well, I'm sure I'll miss some, but you had the classics, Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle. So there were your first, you know, your first grouping. Uh, you then moved around to Chikorita, Cyndaquil, and Totodile, which Totodile, at the beginning at least, is clutch because of bite. I mean, Bite oh, yeah. is so underrated at the beginning. And I mean, you know, I don't want to turn this pokey, or this uh, podcast into a Pokemon podcast, but, you know, maybe, maybe, well, we, maybe mean, we will one day. Maybe we'll just go through and... Well, you had Feraligator at the end of it, and Feraligator was huge. And you look at, like, Totodile's Bite at the beginning of the game is huge. Uh, Mudkip, Torchic, and Treko, you talked about that one. Um, you, you Once you get to Blaziken... That's oh, a prime example was... of a fire type that you know, you know your rival's got a water type, which has a tendency to you know kick your ass a little bit. But, but when you have really earthquake, yeah, earthquake becomes just unbelievable. <laughs> and you have like I I don't know, stomp is probably not the right attack for him, but that sort of just kick basically. Oh um, yeah. Turtwig, Chimchar, and Piplup. Uh, again, Oshwat, Tepig, and Snivy. I guarantee you I said that one wrong in uh, some of the new eras. Uh, Froakie, no, right. Fennekin, and Chespin. Rowlet, Litten, and Poplio. Those are Boy, so I've, I have been out of uh, out of the game oh, yeah. for a while. Well, Grookey, have... Scorebunny, and Sobel. If anybody's listening to this, and I throw Grookey out and Scorebunny, but if you could describe what Sobel looks like with no pictures and no context, good for you, because I sure couldn't. Uh, then you look to the modern uh, so, day, and okay, it's I'm Quaxley. Looking at, I'm looking at Sobel right now. Coco and Sprigatito. Like Tito's, at, like uh, Tito's vodka. That's how the last part of the name is spelled. <laughs> Guarantee you, Pokemon so, would not appreciate that uh, being compared to Tito's vodka. But nonetheless, there it is. So if you look at Sobel right now, if you remember what Mudkip looks like, so oh, you had that, you had the fin at the top, you had the cheeks, you had Mud the tail, Kip. and you got you. Okay, so the tail's the same. The fin at the top is the, the same. The tail's the same on what planet? 
it's he's kind of round the fin, tail. The fin on the top or, of the, the head. The fin on the okay. top of the head, I tend to agree with. But outside of that, I mean, well, I this mean, is for okay, Pokemon so can... uh, Sword and Shield for those keeping yeah. track. By the way, okay, so the tail on the fin shape might not be the same, but like kind of the idea of that, he literally well, looks like Mudkip, just a frog, like a tadpole. <laughs> I was gonna Mudkip say he is one hundred percent looks like a tadpole. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so like throw it back to. Um, uh, the Chimchar Churchwig and Pimplup. I mean, you had a pretty good starting. Piplup, buddy, not Prinpup. Prinplup. Prinplup. He's was not a second... pimp, buddy. He's a Piplup. Well, Pip, uh, Piplup was the first. <laughs> Prinplup was the second, and then you had Emporion was the third. Emporion was a pretty good water. Oh, I guess it starter. is Prinplup. All right, that's yeah. my bad. I'm sorry for ridiculing you about your Pokemon knowledge. That was correct. Damn right, <laughs> baby. Because I, right, well, I got a Pokemon pack and it had Pimplup, Primplup, and it had Emporion oh, in it. And I you had know what we, EX. You know what we need to bring back to this show? And I, oh, it's no. before your time, uh, before oh, you no. started here, but RC and I used to open Pokemon packs on this show. Ooh. I think we should bring it back. I think we should bring I'd, it back. I'd be down well, to I'm, buy like a I feel like low key. I am shocked that you are actually like seemingly as knowledgeable about Pokemon as you are. Dude, like I'm watched... genuinely impressed and surprised at the same time. So I started watching Pokemon when Chikorita, Cinquil, and Totodile were the starters, and I watched it through. I think the last, literally, the last time that I ever watched Pokemon was that Gen Four, Gen Five. So like uh, Churchwig, Chimchar, and Pimplup. That was the last game I ever had. That was the last time I ever watched the series before it got to um, uh, Oshawott and Snivy. And then um, it is it? funny. Tepic. That's about the point I jumped out to was, you know, yeah. and I think on the card set, this would be Pokemon black and white was kind of the borderline where I yep. was like, and, and, you know, I mean, card collecting is uh, is an entertaining part. And you look right around that time, too. I want to say Delta Species, and I don't know how big you were into the card game, but Delta Species was somewhere between the Chikorita and Treco starters, I think. And that whole Delta Species. And I, I could go on a whole whole episode talking about how Delta Species is one of the coolest card collections out there, but... In essence, you mix the Pokemon with what it's normal. Like, say, uh, this will be a bad example, but like, say your Totodile that's normally water, you mix a different type with it. Mm -hmm. Say darkness. I don't know. I'm picking random yeah. ones because I don't know what the card set is. Well, but so those example, are sweet. So, like, you take uh, uh, Torchic, for example. Torchic was a fire type when it started, and then once you got to Blaziken. It was a fire, and it was a fighting type, and it was the same with Infernape. Uh, Chimchar's third evolution. It was a fighting, and it was a fire type. Uh, if you actually went later in the series when Charizard started becoming into a thing, it became a fire, and it became a dragon type because you had Dragonite in there with the, with the full dragon type Pokemon. So, I mean, as the series kind of started going uh, through Gen 4, they added those kind of like hybrid and those Delta types. So, I mean, because uh, Mudkip's, for, it was Swampert 
which was the final one for that, it was truly a... Yeah, yeah, it was a water and a ground type. And I think Trico with Sceptile was the only one that might have been a true, like, just normal starter. He might have had a poison in there because he had poison sting. That's true until it becomes a mega. Oh, at which yeah. point well, it becomes once... a dragon. But yeah, and that was back or that was like Gen six, Gen yeah. seven, I think, as we get through yeah. it. But like well, cause Turtwig was the same thing. Turtwig was a grass and a ground. Pimplup evolved into I think like a water and an ice. Chimchar was the fire and the fighting. So I mean they've started doing those Delta species very, very quickly after that. So all right. Well, and on that high note of Pokemon Boom. now being injected into the podcast, I mean, I, maybe we just found a new segment to talk about some Pokemon. I just wanted to bring I'd it up be because, so you know, I am uh, definitely on the card collecting. The game, the game used to piss me off to no end. I mean, the, the <laughs> game, the the problem with the game was it took me a, a long time. And now, bear in mind when I say this, I was young playing this game. But, you oh, know, yeah. the whole concept of I'm going to use one Pokemon that's like a level 95 and the rest of them are like level 40, level 35, level yep. 22. When you get to the final four, you have no chance. You're getting Ab- you're, destroyed. You're, you're just banking on the fact that, you know, with a fire Pokemon, you're good till you hit water. Yep. And then you're kind of screwed. But, yeah. So we may, we might have found a new segment here because I get talk Pokemon so all day long. And I uh, go back home and break out all the Pokemon cards that I got. <laughs> uh yeah, that would be a that would be it. So we're going to be talking about Mountain Dew booze and opening Pokemon <laughs> cards. How old are we? No one, no one Dude. tell, no one tell any ages. We're just gonna, we're just gonna let it's, that it's be a guess. Twenty twenty two. Who gives a crap? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying I give a crap, but I mean, we sound New like segments. we're anywhere between the age of like 21 and 45. Oh yeah, we live in our New parents. Segments. We live in our parents' basements. What it sounds like. <laughs> oh yeah, 100. percent But yet we own our own apartments. Like what? What to do? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, we did a good job. We managed to remember to. You managed anyway to remember the old. Uh, 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 Good old covert 20, 15% raise off raise energy. energy. There we go. Yeah, I could not remember raise energy for the life of me, but uh, we did a good job remembering that. And um, you know, what'll be really good here in a couple minutes is when I uh, actually post this one. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be episode 23. First episode of 2022. Again, we're going to try like crazy to get back on track. I have, I have been the fault without question since, uh, you know, especially in February with tournaments and all that, it's been busy. And, you know, uh, Nick's here is going to get busy here in, you know, March, April, whenever you're getting busy next. So we're going to deal with it. We're going to try to have some fun with it. And you know what? It's a podcast, so it can come out. It's, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're working well together. Everybody, we're we're still entertained that we're doing it. So, you know, (laughs) that's, that's what counts. And with that, um, you know, I do want to, have you shout out your other podcast you uh, uh recently started with a, a couple buddies of yours it's about uh college baseball if if you're like me and you're looking for an alternative uh, about the mlb your your little 
as I like, to, as I've heard people say, and I, I I get amused with the reaction of when I say it this way. But you're a little upsetty spaghetti about things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell people a little bit about that podcast and where they can find it that you're doing. All right. So me and three of my buddies from good old Omaha, Nebraska, we went to high school. We played college ball. All three of us actually played college ball in Iowa. I played at Buena Vista. They played at Northwestern over in Orange City. But the podcast is called No Place Like Omaha. Omaha is spelled H-O-M-A-H-A. You can find us on good old YouTube, and that is No Place Like Omaha. We've got a few subscribers. We've got three videos out so far. And basically, all we do is we talk about college baseball. We talk about the weeks, how they've been through, uh, weekend series, any tournaments that are starting right now. We're super excited to get into conference play as they come up. Uh, we've got the regionals that will be coming up kind of towards the end of May, early June. Super regionals, college world series. We're hoping to kind of keep the production level going up as we go through. But you can find us at YouTube, no place like Omaha is the channel and then you can also find us on twitter at um username at homaha or homapod h-o-m-a-h-a homaha pod and then you can find us also on tiktok at that same username so make sure if you guys are kind of on that college baseball or if you want to find something like jc said off that mlb era we got a bunch of college baseball we got some funny laughs we got um just Kind of a bunch of good guys that are talking about college baseball. So we're looking to try to expand, so hit us up. There you go. And with that, that will wrap up the Covert Show. For Nick, I'm JC. Again, episode number 23, first one of 2022. If you want to revisit the Best of 21 podcast, I definitely encourage that as uh, that was our last episode, kind of a wrap-up of where things have been. You can check us out at The Covert Show on uh, Twitter. we got a Facebook page as well. TikTok that we haven't used in a long time, but we'll try to get some stuff back out there. And, well, it's all The Covert Show. Want to be a guest or know someone that wants to be a guest, uh, hit us up, slide into those DMs, or you can uh, Gmail us at thecovertshow at gmail.com. That'll do it for episode number 23. Thank you for listening. For Nick, I'm JC.